Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalp would be thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo or personality. Eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got half part of the gang back together again. We got Pete here with uh, with my boy Chris. Two, two-thirds. Yeah, it's been, uh, been a little crazy with the holidays trying to get everybody back together, but we uh, finally got some time on a Friday to record. Because nothing better to do on a Friday night. Well, you know, that's the nerd life. I mean, I, I'm going to go paint models after we're done recording here. Yeah, I'm just going to sit in my house being lonely. <laughs> you got to unpack some boxes. You just moved. I do. My life sucks. <laughs> we're going to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about... Uh, two of the captains we haven't discussed a lot on the podcast yet with Soma and veteran Captain Greed. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the Christmas event that we ran. We got some events that we're going to plug here in a second. And then finally, we're going to talk about a little giveaway we're going to do at the end of this. So check the end of the episode and we're going to give away some something cool at the end here. Yep, that sounds like a good plan to me. So first thing, we have a couple of things popping up. So, of course, we've already talked about Bourbon Trail Open. We've already talked about Spring Fling. Those are two really good tournaments in March and May. Uh, Bourbon Trail Open's in March, and then the Spring Fling's in May. And I'm really excited about the Spring Fling convention because it's going to be some sweet, sweet gaming. Yep, I'm pumped for that. Are you going to Bourbon Trail Open? So I was going to Bourbon Trail Open, but we're actually getting pretty close to get ready to close on our new house in March. So I'm actually not going to go to it this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to so, go to it this year either. I had to back out of that one just because I was like, well, we're closing a house and we got to kind of put pennies towards that. So, Yep, but we're still going to Spring Fling. Yep, we got tickets being looked at. We got hotels going to be reserved here soon. And that's definitely a convention we're still going to. Yep, and another event that actually just popped up that is pretty interesting is they actually are doing the Guild Ball American Team Championship again, except for it's going to be a Guild Ball exclusive event, so it's not going to try to piggyback off War Machine. Hmm. So hopefully that means that they have a good amount of teams register and, and sign up for this thing. It's in July, so it's July 18th and 19th, and it's just outside of Chicago, so... That's that's pretty cool. I mean, if they get enough people, I mean, it has my interest at least. Wait, was that the thing that we tried to go to like last year or the year before where it was in like, Wisconsin. I don't know, like, yeah, some middle of nowhere place. Yeah, it was in the it was like in Wisconsin and only three teams registered. So it got canceled. Yeah. And the, OK. And then that was the one that was a part of like the war machine deal. OK. Yeah, and I think since they already have a couple teams that are signed up for it. Are they uh, Chicago re- teams? Uh, no, actually one of them is like a Texas team. Hmm. <laughs> and you know the Chicago guys are going to bring at least one or two. So, I mean, it already has three teams, and I'm curious to see if more people are going to go to it. 
but they do have it. I retweeted it on our Twitter page and I'll have Chris kind of post it on our Facebook page too, for those interested in, uh, in that event. Team championships are fun and I'm, it only makes sense that the Americans have one and Chicago is a good spot for it because it's a central hub. It's during the summer. So it kind of checks all the blocks for me, just as long as there's enough teams there to make it worth it. Yeah. Well, the Chicago part is that just makes sense. Yeah. And it's in the summer, so you don't have to worry about it snowing probably. Yeah. Well, anything in Chicago in the winter sucks a bag of dicks. (laughs) So keep your eye on that one. Uh, yeah, it's a, I think the registration now, this is something I don't want to kind of scare people off because the registration is 170 per team, but you have to remember that that's, you break that down into three players cause you're going to have three players on a team. So roughly it's about what, like a little over 55 bucks per person for that event. Okay. So it's not as bad as it looks when you first look at it. Still 55 bucks per person. Yeah, I know, but that's. So that's pretty standard for a team event, though. Um, anywhere from like 40 to 60, I would kind of expect to pay for a team event per person. What is that like 55 bucks per person going toward? Um, so just looking at the event, because you can actually go on to uh, Facebook. It's called the Longshanks Cup. And just looking at some of the details, uh, they basically just have it has basically the space has limit to 20 teams and it's going to be hosted at a grill. It's called Alta Grill, and it's a full-service bar and restaurant. Uh, it's going to be open late, so I guess it's going to be kind of like old Jake's when we did that, where basically we're just kind of partying even after the tournament's done. Um, and they don't have the prize support stuff up yet, but I imagine a good chunk of that goes towards prize support as well. Okay, well, I hope so, because that is a hefty toll. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I'm just being real. When you think about, like, what we're spending on to go to Spring Fling, you know, Spring Fling is, what, yeah. 65 bucks per person for a whole weekend? Yeah, and this is, this is a two-day tournament. The The team championship is a three-day tournament? Two-day tournament. Two-day tournament, okay. Yeah, 18th and 19th. Well, hopefully they've got, like, some huge-ass yeah. Lombardi trophy for somebody to win. <laughs> and you know it, it really does depend on the event organizer because that's why i i kind of miss the greenville guys running those tournaments because they always do especially jake they did a really great job on making sure that everybody got something from the tournament that they invested their money and time into playing in and i think that's important for an event organizer to do because it, it always feels bad when you go to an event and if you if you go to a tournament like this and you get smashed for like, you know, six rounds and then you don't get anything and you're just kind of like, well, why did I come to this tournament? You know? So it's a balancing act for event organizers for sure. I was going to say, you got to realize that there's a lot of mid and, you know, low tables that they need to feel like their time was worth, was spent well at these tournaments. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that if anyone ever needs some help, you know, keeping the cost of a tournament down, I am happy to provide a high-end trophy provided by me, a hot glue gun, and Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I could, wh- I could whip up a trophy like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Get your soldering iron out. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just go find find a cup at Goodwill, find something that's like a wooden piece, hot glue gun that bitch on there, and then like spray paint it gold. Well, see, Chris, that's the thing. Is like, I feel like if you made a trophy, it'd look like one of those arts and crafts that like a kindergartner makes with macaroni. <laughs> but you know what? That's still better than like so many things where like we've gone and like there was jack shit. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, where did this money go to? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if Chris is going to donate his money, he wants it to be for something. Yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> I I want my money going to a good cause. Yep. So check that out, uh, especially if you like team tournaments, which a lot of people do. And yeah, it, it, hopefully it's going to turn into something big. I'm going to keep my eye on it and we'll we'll plug it away and, and keep everybody updated on like how many people are, are going to this thing and how big it looks like it's getting. So that being said, I think that's it for the event. So we're just going to get straight into our topic here. So first thing that I want to talk about, and then after we'll get into the Christmas event, and we actually got some questions from some of the people on Twitter too, uh, that we'll talk about greed and then we'll talk about Soma. So I don't think you've had a chance to play against either one of these new captains, Chris, but just haven't even had a chance to look at the cards. (laughs) I mean, but as far as like greed kind of being like this thug riding a turtle and then Soma being this like super saiyan i finally got myself into elemental form kind of captain which what do you just what's your impression of seeing these new captains for the the union and the alchemists um i imagine the greed one is like a crazy support captain and the other one is like i know that it has that element where it's like kind of there's a duality to it so i assume that it's like a backline captain and then like you pop that you know pop that i don't know if it's a legendary play or a you just you just people love it people love it when you haven't done any research well you tell me if i'm wrong okay so i imagine that you like you pop that like on fire version and then you can go in and like wreck face and it burns out in a blaze of glory real quick Uh, you know, it, it's just extinguished as fast as it was, you know. Okay, well, am I right? Fight. Well, we will see, Chris. We're going to start with be- Veteran Captain Greed, though. So can you at least pull up the card for me, or do I need to send it to you? <laughs> it, I it's thought on you the send me now. the cards. I do, but it's on the app. You don't even need the card in front of you. You're a disappointment. <laughs> Give me a second. Oh, good God. Here, I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, so let's talk about Greed. So he is riding a tortoise, and apparently there's people getting upset when you call it a turtle. So I'm going to call it a turtle. <laughs> and yeah, he's he's a crazy captain that, and I, people might remember, Chris, remember when we saw the model and I was like, you know what would be really cool if Greed counted as the captain and the mascot? And okay. lo and behold, what happened? He counts as the captain and the mascot. So you just got one model on the table? Yeah, so on a greed-led team, you're only going to have five models on the board because he counts as the captain and the mascot. So you bring four other squaddies, and yeah, we'll see how that's viable here in a minute. But yeah, so it he doesn't look too impressive when you first look at him as far as like his playbook. No, and, he does uh, look impressive. 
well, and then you're kind of like, well, he's slow. So, so what does he do? And the first thing is he has six influence that he can both give and receive. Okay. Well, I mean, all of these new captains tend to be pretty battery heavy. Yeah. A lot of them. And I like his character plays a lot. And I actually have gotten probably about 10 games in with veteran captain greed. And I can tell you this dude's a blast to play with. Yeah. Because that persuasion character play is fucking ridiculous. So is forward minions. And I, dude, I love kicking with veteran captain greed team just because you have the last activation. Everybody on your team is getting plus two plus two move with forward minions. And then you can also push people two inches up the pitch. So your kickoff like threat is so strong with this team that it's just, it's awesome to play him on the kick. Um, yeah, and then the big reason that he's just fun to play is because he has character Wait, traits that f- let him do. This is some bullshit. What? I'm just reading what? this card. Did you just did you just see do the thing? Yeah, that's some fucking horseshit. So do the thing. You get to activate a model a second time. So that's just something that just happens as long as greed's on the pitch, and. That can be him. That can be any other squaddy. Just after they activate, you can activate him again the next time that you have the option to activate a model. And I've done that to do a lot of cool things. I've done that to uh, activate greed a second time to get a second charge. I've done that to activate greed to push models off. I don't know, rage to get him free. I've activated rage a second time. So he gets a second free charge. And yeah, there's just a lot of threat you can do. I've also seen people do some crazy, you know, goal runs activating a second time. And just, it's a really cool ability that just really makes greed really flexible when he's leading your team. Well, yeah, especially when like you can activate a model and give it plus two, plus two movement, and then it gets two activations and that do the thing. It doesn't even have like a limit as far as range and distance. Like, it can be, be a model all the way across the board. Yeah, he just, you know, yells across the pitch, do the thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> this model is some fucking bullshit. And I tell you what, I've learned with uh, Greed that his charge is actually really sweet because his charge, he has a lance, which is hilarious. And with his lance, he ends up getting plus two tack and plus one damage on the charge. So, you know, he's cool, tack five, which goes up to seven. So you're like, oh, cool, he's throwing, you know, 11 dice. That's cool. But then you remember, oh, wait, he also benefits from shelling out. So he's actually going to be tack 12 on the charge, and he's going to get plus one damage before anything else happens. I've actually had a lot of fun charging twice a turn with him and just going in just, like, just charging, just doing crap tons of damage with him, and it's just it's amazing. Yeah, the persuasion thing is like uh, that's that's way too cheap a cost. Yeah, cuz you can I mean if you wanted to, you could push your whole team and an enemy model. Yeah, well, not the the reason well, why it's just mind-boggling is like you you're able to I mean, I I get that it says push, so like it's not technically a dodge, but for you to be able to get like basically a two inch dodge for one on any model you want, and then you don't even have to hit the opposing model to do it. You just get to, no, you, you just have to talk. No, you do. You do. You have to. You have it to doesn't say that. that on the thing. 
It doesn't yeah, say it that on the character Target play. other model. Yeah, but it doesn't say hits. So you don't yeah. have to hit it. Well, you no, can just it. target the other model. Okay. You don't have to hit Rules, the enemy, Chris. Model. Yes, you do. It's like if it says target other model, when you target in any model, you have to hit them. If it just said, you know, select a model or choose a model, then you don't have to hit. But when it says target, you have to hit it if it's an enemy model. So that doesn't happen just for free. So you can whiff on that if you do hit an enemy model with it. Okay. I guess you're right. Okay. Okay. And then, and then going back to, and then going back to the back of the card, he just has trusty steed, which means that he's only worth two victory points. So it's not like you get extra for killing him and a mascot, which would be kind of cool. I mean, if you get three VPs for killing him, that would have made more incentive to murder him. <laughs> yeah, they should. Well, they should at least change that. So at least there's some liability to this model. Like, yeah, this model is just really good. I don't know if you saw. He also has and he's 20, 20 hit boxes. boxes. So. Yeah, I was just about to say he has 20 boxes. Three, three, three defense, two armor. Pretty solid. Yeah, that's. And two inch melee. Yeah, like this model's really fucking good. Yeah, a lot of people are pretty happy with him. Is this model winning so, like a lot? Uh, I mean, he's doing pretty good. I, I, I think he's a solid model. I don't think he's. He has some really strong matchups, but I think there are um, there are some bad matchups for him, especially teams that like want to stay disengaged and not kind of come in towards his murder murder bubble. So I'm gonna pull up I'm gonna pull up his rates just because I want to see kind of where he is. But so veteran captain greed. Let's see how many games he has first off. Hey, so he doesn't. The thing is, he doesn't have a lot of tournament games, so people are still, you know, figuring him out probably. But his win rate's about sixty percent right now with thirty-three games. And those are so tournament I, games. Yep, those are tournament games. Yeah, so that's pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of the newer captains are up there, like Festival's up to seventy-two percent, and she's only got eighteen games. Soma's above that with sixty-two percent. He's only got thirty games. Uh, I tell you who's still up there is Shaft is still up there at 61%. You damn right. <laughs> so he's still still pretty strong. But yeah, so he he's winning a decent amount of games. I don't know if people I'm sure somebody's won a tournament with him, but um yeah, he's he's solid. And looking at him, he's got some really good models to support like what he's doing. I mean, if you look at it, I've I've been having a lot of fun with like Decimate, Fang Tooth. Uh, Minx's rage has been really fun with him. Even like you throw Harry and Mist in there, th those two models do work with him as well. Because I mean, imagine with Harry throwing out singled out for people to murder more crap that or Mist having two activations with plus two plus two movement plus all the Mist movement that Mist can make. Yeah, the thing you do have to realize though, Chris, is that you don't get extra influence on these second activations, so you do have to manage that appropriately, like. It's not like Minx, or sorry, Minx, not like Mist is getting like two activations where you get four influence each activation. Yeah, I, I, I'm not thinking that. I'm just thinking about the convenience of being able to re relocate the model wherever you want it to be and or or get it out of a bad situation. Right? How awesome is it to be able to score and then give a model another activation so the model doesn't die? 
Yeah, right. Well, not only that, like Decimate, I've activated her where she has a nine inch movement. So with if she's in the range when you hit, you know, the plus two, that moves her to an 11 inch movement. And then you can push her another two inches, which mean makes her threat 13 and then 14 with her reach. And then you can jog her once just to move her. So, I mean, she's like a 20 inch threat before any of her dodges. So when I played in the tournament, I had Decimate, and there was a couple of times where Decimate went in there, tackled the ball off somebody because she has a tackle double dodge, and then scored goals for me. So that that was always a pretty fun activation to do with Decimate. Yeah, he's definitely very supporting, and I think if I looked at like what one of his weaknesses would be, it's just like scoring teams that can disengage from him because I played against Rick on Basel, and he was playing minors, and... The problem I had in that game is that I couldn't kill stuff fast enough before he was able to get three goals because I really didn't hide the ball because I was just trying to figure it out. And so he ended up getting three goals pretty quick, and I only killed like maybe like one or two models before the goals just became too much. And it was because they just can, you know, tunnel underground and they can do diggy hole and they're just running all over the place, you know, running for their lives against uh, veteran Captain Greed. So I think teams like that have a good play into veteran captain greed, but I think a lot of teams that like to scrum up in the middle might have problems against him if they bring a bashing team. Because I'm going to tell you what, I don't know if I would ever play veteran captain greed and not bring rage just because rage just getting two free charges and veteran captain greed being able to push models off of him or push him out just is amazing like it just makes rage way way easier to play and manage yeah that would be a good fit for that model so there are some people that are like just thinking about just taking veteran captain greed and not even worrying about the other two captains well i'd still take the other two captains because they're good yeah and it just gives somebody more stuff to think about and deal with like there's no there's no con to taking the other one of the other two captains your opinion on greed, Chris, after you got to look at all the bells and whistles on them. Like, yeah, what do you re- think? Really fucking good. Super annoying. <laughs> Negative play experience for Chris. I'm sure it will be. Well, it was funny when I was playing Rick in our Christmas tournament. He was like, man, I kind of wished you were going to play Chris because I wanted to see him lose his mind when you played veteran captain greed against him. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, somebody fixed the tournament to give me the new rules based on who I would have the toughest matchup with you tournament <laughs> fixing son of a bitch. I don't do that. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> you always do hey. beat. It was a six man tournament. You couldn't dodge everybody. I didn't need to dodge everybody. I didn't need to dodge anybody. I just needed to not be given the rule sets that screwed me over based on my matchups. All right, we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute, but it is pretty funny. <laughs> Dick. Okay, go ahead. Uh, on to Soma. Okay. All right, so we got Soma. Now, Soma, and you kind of hit it on the head, Chris, his legendary is what triggers him into his, like, ultimate form, if you want to call that. And actually, I can't even call it a him because he's un- it's unknown what his sex is, I guess. But uh, pretty cool model, though. Has, like, on the Soma side, it doesn't have, like, a huge amount, like you said, it's more of a kind of support captain on this side. Uh, can basically put up 
nitro, which allows models to dodge. Can like put out raging fire. Fucking mad. Yeah, can put out like raging fire, which enemy models suffer the burning condition and one damage. And then on the backside, he has the Metallica reference, which is awesome. As you know, burning spirit as give me fuel. He's, then his legendary is give me fire. So I mean, that's just amazing. Backdraft is so good, <laughs> man. While this model is on the pitch, friendly models gain backdraft. And if you don't know what this is. Basically, what happens is it you can remove the burning condition from a model within four inches. And if so, this model gains plus two tack for the duration of the attack or charge. So I don't know, like that catalyst can get plus two tack to make him like tack 10 or whatever the heck he is. So it's just it's really good with models that want to do a crap ton of damage like that catalyst and Soma when he flips onto his legendary side. Wait, you can use the backdraft on other models? Yeah, I said while this model is on the pitch, friendly guild models gain backdraft. So they just get it. Okay, I see what you said. Yeah, so... Sorry, I was looking at the other card. Oh, uh, yeah. So you go to the legendary side, which is give me fire, and he turns into Numa's stat card, which Numa is <laughs> tack six and does a crap ton of damage and pushes and doesn't have any character plays. But when you look at the backside, that's where all the, all the stuff's going. So really you're going to switch to this legendary when you want to try to burn down a model with Numa's activation, because he has, he's able to hold four influence on either side, but he has furious so he can charge for free. He has Inferno which means when he makes a successful attack, the target enemy model gets burning. And then enemy models within two of this suffer burning in one condition damage. And then, yeah, so he just is like, I'm going to do damage to you. I'm going to put you on fire. I'm going to remove the fire to give myself plus two tech. I'm going to do it again. And he can just do a ridiculous amount of damage in this kind of like final form, if you will, because he's going to be tack eight, no matter what he does on those attacks. Yeah, that's... Well, see, this one is, like, one that I don't think is all, like, broken and fucked up. But, like, I think it's just something fun and new. So, like, I'm cool with this model. Yeah, and I think it it's it takes a little bit to get used to, like, when you want to trigger, like, switching him to Numa and how to use him as a support captain. But I'll tell you one combo that is just really good that you got to watch out for is Vet Catalyst with Soma. Because Vet Catalyst will mess up your day and kill several models when he's paired up with this captain. Yeah, because I don't know if you've, like, I know you're not, like, you have Alchemist, but you're not an Alchemist guy, Chris. But Catalyst being tack 10, and if you look at the backside of his card, he basically puts out conditions and can continue to put you on fire and stuff, and basically causes a crap ton of damage even on one hit okay yeah because basically even if he only hits you once he basically can do like i don't know what three or four damage whatever it is so just pretty ridiculous okay so you think that soma is more okay just because he's kind of more of support and kind of has to work with the well, team a little bit more well i mean like it's just soma when i read the cards like even though even though like there's more abilities, it's not really the case that 
you just have way more abilities because like once you pop one card, the other card is inactive. So yeah. Um, and I don't feel like the Soma front and back is really broken. And I don't feel like the Numa front and back is broken. So even though like, it seems like this one model has like a ton of stuff. The truth is both cards are reasonable. So if both cards are reasonable. I don't really have any complaints because they only get to play with one or the other card at a time. Well, plus when you look at the Numa side, you switch to only 10 hit boxes. So it's not even like super hard to kill you. You just might lose a model and then kill, kill Numa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that this one is very reasonable. Well, and I think a big difference too, Chris, is that, yeah, he supports the teams, but he doesn't, or I shouldn't say he, they don't extend the threat as much. I mean, the the amount of threat extension and just like extra crap you get from veteran Captain Greed is like, it's it's really over the top. Like, it's just crazy good. Yeah, I agree with that. Because if you think about it, your base model, you can get four extra inches of threat just from greed activating. And that's not even counting if you decide to activate that model a second time to jog or sprint them down the pitch. So that crazy amount of threat is just so ridiculous that it is over the top in my book. Like I I like it and it's fun to play and maneuver but man, it can be really frustrating for your opponent. Whereas Soma, I feel like is going to take a while for people to kind of like figure out how they like to use them. And then like, once you do, you'll, you'll get a lot of the benefits from it. But I also think there's like some high risk, high reward plays with the alchemist in this captain. Um, I, I feel like if you can control like vet cat and some of the other bashers that want to hang out with Soma, that it's a little more manageable than veteran captain greed can be. Yeah, I agree with that. I think because that, you can make you can make the right play with veteran cat or against veteran captain greed, and then he can be like, "Oh, I'm just going to push you away," or oh, "I'm just going to push my model back." Oh, well, I'm going to knock you down with my lance charge, and and it's just like, well, you know, I made the right play, but he just has so many tools that it didn't matter. Yeah the the other thing that I think keeps Soma in check is the cap on the four influence. Yeah. Because it's not like you're able to go do a whole bunch of shit and then pop legendary and then have a full another activation basically with Numa. You don't you don't get to do it that way. Uh, so yeah. I think that capping that for allocation of influence keeps the this model reasonable, right? Because like what you don't want to do is have the Numa version. It, which already has an increase in speed and already does way more damage and all that kind of stuff. And then be able to go nitro before that and basically get six more inches of threat to where you're hanging out outside of that. And like, that would be a nightmare, but you aren't going to be able to do that yeah. because if you tried that, you would get the free charge off and then you would get one more attack. So you're talking about two attacks and I don't think getting off two attacks is really how somebody wants to use Numa, but that doesn't seem very worth it. Yeah, and I feel like with greed, I feel like that persuasion was 
persuasion should probably just be once per turn. And then forward minions should be other friendly models. It shouldn't include him because I think in order to keep greed in check, you need to kind of slow him down. That way the team has to hang back around him to get a lot of those benefits. Well, and the other thing is I, I, the do the thing should, there should be like a limit on that as far as distance. Even, even if it was like eight inches, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to have do the thing from the standpoint of you only have five models on the table and it can like just fuck yeah. you up activation wise if you're only able to activate five models. Yeah, but yeah. I almost feel like at a minimum, they need to have some sort of cap as far as the distance of using that. And then I also don't think it would be the worst idea to add the word other friendly model or make it to where he can only use it on himself, like one or the other. Um, yeah, well, I think I think you have to include it on him, though, just because if he gets taken out and I, I don't think you want that to be totally useless. So the turn that he comes back on, even if it was just him that could use it, like if he was the only model within eight inches or so. I think that's still fine. I, I think that if you put a range cap on it, that probably helps deal with that a little bit better. Yeah. I, the, the range cap is the part that's important to me, but I also wouldn't mind the idea of like either making it to where you can do it on the squatties or you can do it on yourself, but not either or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I also, I also kind of feel, I feel like greed needs a legendary play. So maybe if like forward minions was a legendary play instead of a character play. Yeah. I don't know um, what you think about that. Yeah. I, th- I think that would be probably a better idea. Although, cause that, I mean, yeah, the, cause the two, in- you don't want somebody to be able to do that every turn. Like that's just, yeah, it changes. Like if you do that turn one and it's a legendary play and you get an awesome play out about, you know, after that, it's like, okay, cool. The legendary is gone and now movement is normal again. But the fact that you can do it every turn is just pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. They're, he's, they're, he's definitely really good. There needs to be some tweakings on this one. I don't like that. I, I think, I, I think so. <laughs> so but I can tell you. is fun though. That. That's a cool. That's a cool. Yeah, model. I think I think Numa's in a pretty good spot, but I and I'm going to call him agree. P no matter what. Sure, I I know. I figured. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make that clear because okay. obviously, duh. Yeah, yep. So, do you get two? And- do you get two models with that Soma Numa thing, like to where one you paint is the Numa version, or? Well, you know, Chris. Here's the thing. I don't know because we weren't able to get the models from Steamforge, so I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that would be an issue. Either way, I mean, if you only get one of them, then obviously you paint half of them normal and then the other half on fire. Just yeah, you that's... could. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure it's just one. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think you could get two models with that. It even though that would be, be pretty worth cool. buying two, just so you could. Make one and on fire. Convert it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Okay, so (laughs) I think that's a good kind of rundown of those two. We don't need to go too much more in depth on them, but definitely I think Greed's the stronger of the captains. And yeah, I mean, the the Alchemist captain's fine. I think it's going to help the Alchemists out in a lot of those matchups where they need to get 
get the points by fighting. So I think that's good for him. Yeah, I agree with that. So before we kind of get into too much, before we get into the questions, Chris, one thing I did want to talk about is we had a Christmas event and we actually got to see some of these new models on the pitch. I played veteran captain greed and uh, Nick ended up playing with the new alchemist captain and you actually ended up playing your cooks. Yeah, I played cooks all day. I've been wanting more experience with those and um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Do you, do you remember what the, so those people that didn't follow on Twitter, I posted the tournament. We actually had special scenarios for each one where it was like a general rule that applied during that battle. So the first round, there was a rule that was called the naughty and nice list. Basically, you picked a model that was nice and you picked one that was naughty. The nice model once per game could get plus two tack. And I think, I can't remember if they charge for free or something like that. And then that was once per game. And then the naughty list, you picked an, a model on your, was it on the enemy team? And you're like, no, it's model no, on your on, team. No, on your team. So you had to pick one that got a buff and then one that got a nerf. Yeah, and it was own. minus one tack for the entire game for that one model. Yeah, so you obviously picked one that was like not a melee model. Yeah, it had to be a squatty. Yeah. So <laughs> that was that was fun. The second round was also pretty fun. You got to throw snowballs. Basically, once per turn, you could buy a snowball character play to throw at somebody. And if you hit them, they were knocked down and took, I think, a point of damage or two points of damage. And that one was pretty fun. And then that the last annoying. scenario, and we'll talk about it, but the last scenario was also fun where the entire center of the pitch, so the Guild Ball logo, was fast ground, but you had to roll, and on a one or a two, you got knocked down, and then on a six, you got a two-inch push at the end of your movement. So that there was a lot of knockdown models in that scenario, so... Do you want to talk real quick, just Chris, maybe get off your chest some of the fun and frustration you had in some of those uh, scenarios? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, the scenarios are fun. Um, the part that was fucked up was that I got matched up against Rick Blacksmiths, and then you chose to assign the throw snowballs and knock down my cooks against Blacksmiths <laughs> assignment that turn that round yeah. you're a dick i you should have given me that fast ground through the middle of the pitch thing and then i would have sliced and diced those motherfuckers up that's fair and did, you so, did that on purpose Pete. so i will say though the fast ground one was probably the most fun because it was terrifying just because you couldn't activate a model that you wanted to charge first if you didn't have momentum because you didn't want to do the charge and then get knocked down and not able to do anything. So you literally had to be like, okay, I need to activate something to get momentum just in case I knock myself down with this other model. The, the all those scenarios you had get knocked down, but I, we had a lot. Um, yeah, somebody decided not to play. So I had to sit out that round, but, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but I mean, all the scenarios were fun. Everybody had a blast and it was just fun to have a guild ball tournament going again. Yeah, the, like all of them, all the scenarios had like fun aspects to them. I I like those types of theme events based on the season or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was all for it. I had a, I had a good time. 
so that was fun. Definitely, uh, I would recommend people in in metas running those kind of events just because they're always really fun. They're just amazing. They bring everybody together, and it just it really caps it off. Especially when it's like before like a holiday like that, people are just getting the mood, and it's just it's it's really fun. So yep, I I, th- I I had a really good time with it. Um, just got just I I, I wish we had just more people. No, yeah, and I think that's something that just takes time. Like we we got a couple of new players actually for that tournament, so it was nice to see our meta grow a little bit. Yep, we uh, and I'm sure we could have given some of the other guys a hard time and made them come out, but we uh, we just kept it light and fun. Yeah, so we do actually, and before we get to the end of the show with the giveaway, we're gonna go through a couple of questions because I just was like, hey, quick quick tweet who you know who has a question who wants you know who has some interesting things that you know we could discuss at the end of the podcast so we have a couple that are definitely pretty interesting so i'm going to go ahead and fire away and we'll both answer them and kind of with what our opinions are so prepare for some hot takes yeah right so the first question that i asked or that got asked to us really was from this is actually from dan white from the pitch and he basically said, what's the best kept secret in Guild Ball right now? Meaning something you think's good, but no one is talking about. So I'll let you think about that, Chris, about something that you think's good, but maybe other people don't think is good. And the one that I'm going to talk about that I think is great right now that I think more people should play just because of how amazing the captain is, is I think people should be playing more Blackheart. And... The main reason I say that is because people are playing greed pretty heavy right now. And I think that's what a lot of people will be preparing for in tournaments. But if you start playing Blackheart, Blackheart has a crap ton of like nonlinear movement just because he has a double dodge on two and he has on my mark, which can pass the ball and he can dodge around and butchery helps do some damage. So when you're really kind of hurting, that's a good way to get some more damage out there. And just he's really a deceiving captain and when you get really honed in and good with him you can really surprise your opponent and i just i think a lot of people underestimate what he does because people like to focus on rage and a lot of people like to focus now on veteran captain greed so i would say that the thing i think is really good that people aren't talking about is blackheart and if me running my union right now I'm definitely running Blackheart and Veteran Captain Greed as my two captains. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's that's wise. Um, yeah. I I guess the thing that I would pick is I had a really good time with those cooks. Like I think those cooks yeah. are pretty decent. Um, they're not by any means. Uh, I I didn't feel like they were overwhelmed by other other guilds. Um, so I felt like they were pretty well balanced. I feel like not a lot of people are playing them. Uh, and that not a lot of people are talking about them, but that's a, that's a good little guild. I, I, I'm going to be playing that guild a lot and I'm very, very happy with my early experiences with it. Well, I think the updates they did to them and then also that they can bring shank just makes them really good. Um, yeah. And they're just the, the fact that they just lower your defense just makes it where like, Oh, this model is usually safe against melee teams for a bit. And it's like, oh, they just turned mist into a mist of blood. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also think that the the fun of 
sugar in that guild, oh, you man. know, really makes them better. Like being able that's to do so the, annoying. the snapshot stuff and like like that that's just a really fun model. And she's, every time I like get Steph Curry of Guild Ball. What? She's like the Steph Curry of Guild Ball. Um She's just throwing yeah, it from she's down. Just, down. Yeah, long range. Um <laughs> and then I get to uh, you know, serenade my opponent with a little bit of Maroon Five. I I tell you what though, <laughs> you have not only saying Maroon Five. But you have also missed a bunch of like five die snapshots to win the game. Dude, five die, try six. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. It's like uh, missed all over again. You're like, and, and you were so confident when you beat me with that snapshot that one game where I'm like, dude, I don't know why you didn't bonus time that. You're like, yeah, it's six dice. And then sure enough, you played. No, like no, 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 no. That's not the reason. That's not the reason. I realized the reason later. The idea of snapshotting a goal is so incredibly foreign to me. The reason why I was so cavalier about not bonus timing it was I didn't realize that I needed two successes. I thought oh, it was just on. that's a oh, rookie, yeah. rookie mistake. Well, oh, of course, yeah, because like when it comes to snapshotting a goal in the years that I have played this game. <laughs> That was probably the first time I've ever tried for a snapshot goal. That's fair. Um, I mean, I think that was like the first time you actually try. Like, sometimes you go into a goal attempt and you're just like, like with your butchers, you're like, yeah, I'll take the goal here. But then like the fact that with those cooks, you're just like, you want to know what? Let's set up this snapshot. And you're actually like, that's your main game plan for getting, you know, most of your points and it's definitely foreign to you. That's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean like, yeah, that's something new and fun that I am learning and being able to do. And obviously something that is going to be incredibly frustrating every time she fucking misses. Okay. So there's that. So this is kind of a cool question and this is asked by salt mine elk on Twitter. And it just says, what terrain or terrain effect should be added to the game? So if you could add a different terrain effect, what would be one that you, you could add? So I was at, I actually played around a lot with this in like the tournament that we were playing in. And I've done this in other kind of guild ball kind of events, especially with the, the big league that we did a while ago. And I think if you do a terrain effect that can actually, um, either stop your movement if you roll poorly enough just some kind of some kind of terrain that it's like if you go through here you can but it would have some kind of catastrophic event or the opposite where it's like you could go through this and you could get an amazing event so that's just something like maybe i've done it before with like hey you can do this you know kind of fast ground but if you roll a one you fall down just like we said in the in the christmas tournament but then also doing one where it's like, oh, if you roll a six when you charge through this, it's like it's powering you up. So maybe you get plus two tack or something, you know, some kind of cool effect like that where it, it either it, it's a gamble if you go through there or it can give you some kind of benefit if you get a positive through it. I think also we've said before, like some kind of like AOE effect from terrain, like maybe there's a statue of like honor and maybe that statue inspires people. So it gives off some kind of benefit to people within like three inches of it or something. Uh, effects like that would be really fun to put in the game, in my opinion. 
Yeah, so um, the one that I really want, and I've been wanting for a while, and I've even mentioned it to people on Steamforge's design team, and they haven't indicated that they would do this or anything, but they've at least you know heard me say this, is I really want weather effects. I want weather effects that you are able to determine at the beginning of the game. And so like movement slowed by rain or snow. Yeah. So like you could have a muddy field. That means that like everyone's movement slowed down. Um, You could have a really windy day to where it's, it drastically changes how the ball is kicked. Uh, You know, stuff like that. Like I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see weather effects. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. And, And you do it by like by roll or something like that. Or maybe it's a, maybe it's a, set of cards or whatever like but yeah weather effects would be awesome and then you do it right before like so maybe you're maybe you do like some of the setup and then you do the weather effect but like before you draft so that um you know obviously you take the players that are more adaptable to that weather yeah yeah and i i think that would be really fun and and you could even do like um even like a fog effect where it's like, you know, you can only see X amount of inches or X amount of like yeah. D6 inches in front of your models. Yeah. That, the, yeah. Fog, be- the ones that are obvious are wind, fog, mud. Uh, those, those ones are, are real clear and obvious ones. Um, yeah. You know, maybe to where you make it that uh, let, let's, let's say you operate off of like a D6, right. And you know, a, th- a th- half of the options are just going to be like a normal day. And then there's three that could be inclement weather, you know, days. Well, another cool one that they used to have in like 40 K is like you get to a certain turn and you start rolling and it's like either you start like the game early or maybe you start the game late. And you could have it where either the sun's coming up or the sun's going down, so your visibility goes up or down depending on that. Yeah. So that's that's something I've seen in a game before. Yeah, that kind of stuff would be cool. So yep. uh yeah, I, I I like that idea and I hope one day there's I mean the worst case scenario is we could always play with it and do it as like a a special yeah. tournament type thing. But um yeah, that I, I want to see weather effects. And I so think it'll just another, add to variety of the game. You, you could. A, I, will, I was just going to say that. And here's another question that I had, Chris, from Twitter, just because the more I play a lot of these other games, the more I kind of get this feeling sometimes when I go back to Guild Ball, is that do you think Guild Ball needs a different way to score points, whether that's through an objective or maybe different points on the the pitch being worth something more like some kind of alternative to winning the game or some kind of way to some other path to victory besides just what they have or do you think it's a sports game it just has to stay that way i think it has to stay that way and and i think it has to stay that way for a couple reasons one i think that it would be ridiculous to try to rebalance the game like guild ball if you want something that is kind of like a hidden or less talked about positive about the game here's another one guild ball is still a pretty balanced game 
Like, I don't want them fucking around with the whole balance of the game, you know, just so they can add, you know, some sort of a Infinity or Malifaux-like objective feature, right? Like, the the things that we've talked about as far as, like, adding weather conditions and stuff still work within the same template of the game. It just adds a feature where, okay, you know, good luck with your kicking game. Try to take the models that are going to be more melee or, or fighty, you know? So there are, if, if they were to do that, I think that it would be a huge workload to overhaul the entirety of the game and still have it balanced. And two, I feel like if they did that, they would be, trying to achieve something that other games are already just kind of doing, right? Like Malifaux yeah. already has all those objective elements, right? The uh, infinity already has all those objective elements and no, I don't want to play guild ball, which already is able to say, well, you get to fight in addition to scoring uh, in this sports related game. So it already has an additional feature for the theme, but I don't want it to be, okay, now you can win on scenario that has nothing to do with sports. So, and I think that, Chris, you can remember this. Do you remember when, it was probably about two, two and a half years ago, they did the uh, guild identity cards Mm -hmm. and you could score extra victory points by like, hey, you missed a goal, you get an extra victory point. Okay. So I... I agree with you because the problem is with that and they also tried the alternate deployment, I think it changed the game so much that it wasn't the same game anymore that it made it so certain things weren't reliable or certain teams were a little more like spiky and kind of like can, couldn't win quicker than other teams. Yeah, and I and you remember I like the alternate deployment thing, but um, they've – They've fixed the deployment issues with features like allowing the kicking team to have an influence or making it to where... You mean, you mean momentum. Momentum, sorry. That's what I meant to say. Um, the kicking team gets a momentum, making it to where the kicking teams, that's a viable strategy to kick the ball off and immediately threaten. So, I mean, they've fixed yeah. those deployment concerns that I like the alternate deployment for. So, you know, I'm kind of, you know, giving up the giving up the ghost on that issue of, you know, I like the alternate deployment. I can I can understand why the balance of the game gets affected with that. And I feel like they've fixed the issue that I wanted fixed with that. Yeah, and the last question that I'm going to kind of ask and then we'll get into our giveaway is that basically we had the Greenville guys. I was talking to them because they're kind of off of Guild Ball right now. And I was asking them, I was like, so what's what are some of the main concerns that you guys have? And to them, they a lot of those guys feel like that until the global effects get kind of dealt with, that's something that really has turned them off from the game for a bit. And do you think the question that I asked them and the question I'm asking you now, Chris, is do you think that all these globals, the new captains are having are a problem for the game that they're a little unbalanced and a little too much 
And those those new players that are listening, the global effects are that just what we said with veteran captain greed, that just because they're on the pitch, this effect happens. And that's not something that is usually there for the old season one, two captains that we've had. So do you think these global effects are a problem, Chris, or do you are you okay with them? Um, I don't really love them, but I I'm not opposed to global effects uh, as a whole. Um, my issue is more one of being concerned about things like power creep. And it, that's just a hard thing for companies to fight, right? You want to be able to, yeah. you, you want people to be excited about the new models. You want them to go out and buy the new models. The best way to do that is by making them a little bit more powerful. And I don't feel like, I don't feel like Guild Ball has gone like crazy, right? Like, um, I, I am not as much as I kind of bitched earlier about, you know, this veteran captain greed. I by no means think that he's like broken, like those early farmers were. Um, yeah. so I, I, I don't think that they're destroying the game, but the, but it is a good reminder about kind of pulling back on the reins. Like, you know, power creep. I don't like power creep. I don't, like the idea of having so many models and effects and abilities and combinations of abilities that someone can't really hold all of those abilities in their mind anymore. Like I, I, I I feel like, I feel like we're, we were very fortunate that like we got into Guild Ball when it was a younger game. So like it would, it's been pretty easy for us to just kind of add piece by piece and, you know, kind of know what happens in the whole of the game. I feel like we are getting to a point as they add more models that a new player could be overwhelmed by all of the different abilities with the hundred mm-hmm. models, you know, that th- those, those are viable concerns. And I, I mean, honestly, I want to see them get to the point where Guild Ball is, you know, super well balanced and, you know, they, they tweak it all out and everyone has the same amount of stuff, whether that means that all the major guilds have three captains and the minor guilds all have one, or maybe the minor guilds have two or whatever it is. And I'd love to see like an end to it, right? Like I don't mind the idea of it being like a legacy game. And then it frees up Steamforge to do all sorts of other games that they want to do and they want to make right so i mean i i I never want to see it get to the point where it's like infinity i never want to be that complicated um i never yeah here's my kind of take on it though so i don't mind the globals on certain models and what i mean by that is the if a global has like I'm fine with it being like, Hey, all the models get this, but I like the ones better where it also has to meet a condition. And what I mean by that is like looking at festivals card, we think of harvest supper, which is while this models on the pitch, friendly models gain sus- substance or subsistence. There we go. And then once per turn during this model's activation, it may choose a friendly harvest marker within two and remove that marker from the pitch and you can recover four hit points. So I like it when there's a condition like that met because yes, you get the effect, but you also have to set it up. It doesn't just naturally happen. Whereas when you go to another um, 
another master or sorry, not another master. I'm playing Malifaux, but you go to another captain like Steeljaw and Steeljaw has bring them down, which everybody gets, you know, trap trap markers now. So everybody gets to put those out and then you get to snare and do all that crazy stuff off of it. And that just happens. It's like that, that's something where it's like, you shouldn't just get that. Like that's something where it's like now, since everybody can throw traps down, the models that that was their kind of stick, you know, that was their kind of rule. That's the reason you brought them. You don't need to bring them anymore. You can bring any model and they're throwing out traps now. So it's like, okay, well, if you're doing that, you know, why do I need Chaska or why do I need to bring Jakar? You know, if everybody else can throw down these traps and that's the kind of thing where I think that makes your team building a little, less interesting it makes it more like you're kind of net listing and it's like here's the ideal pick because you don't need to bring trap people anymore because everybody on steel jaws team can throw traps so i like it better when there's conditions that have to be met and not just given out so that's kind of the difference when i look at globals that if they fix that with globals i will be more on board with them the ones that are like auto just happen and it's awesome are the ones that i have a problem with yeah, and to be honest, like I mean, I want to see, I want to see models where every model is viable and can be played. Yeah. So that to, to me, that's the mark. That's a big marker of a good game. Is is every model playable? Yeah, but I also like the problem with like, and I'm going to go back to Steel Jaw just because I have her out in front of me. Is that you can you can literally sure. put any squatty in there, and now they're a trapper, and well, that's but that's what I'm saying, right? Like, what what to me makes a model makes a game to where every model's playable is where every model in its uniqueness gives you yeah. choices and interesting options, and you're taking away that interesting option when, um, so so I guess like I'm meaning yeah. the inverse of what you're describing, which is. Yeah, everyone's playable because like anybody can just do this stuff with Steeljaw. But what I'm searching for is that every individual model makes it interesting. Lon is actually a great example of this because forever he would intentionally choose models that were like these oddball, weird models that everyone else thought were corner case. But he just enjoyed them. And he would bring them out, and then somebody was like, "Man, why? I haven't fucking seen this model in forever." But it's totally a viable model that can help win games. And because Lon knew how to play it, and nobody else did, um, he would get all sorts of wins with you know some weirdo choice. Yeah, I used to do the same thing. Model lineup. Like I used to yeah. play Ulfer all the time, yeah. and people were like, "Why are you bringing Ulfer?" And then I'd like get a turn one goal off with them, and they'd be like, "Well then, <laughs> okay." Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I want to see that kind of thing. And I think that some of those, you know, globals, like you were saying, take away some of that in the sense that it just makes all the models more generic or the ones that they're interacting with. So, I mean, yeah, I'll tell you what, though, globals on models have way less of an effect than global distribution issues. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Team Forge is having. (laughs) like like i mean if if we want to turn this into like a little bit of a a little bit of a discussion about like things that steam forge can adjust and 
that would make things better. And I, and I'm, I, I think that the big one is fixing the distribution issues to where people are able to get models and components and elements of the game. Yeah. And honestly, for me, it was this whole, like, I could deal with some of the delays, but the fact with this Steamforge Direct thing that some stores can't even get the stuff and that it's more reliable to go to a third-party store, I just think that's something that needs to get dealt with, and it, and it hasn't. It's just kind of lingering, and it it's hard as a pundit to get people into the game when I'm like, yeah, you this game's awesome, play it, and then they're like, okay, where do I get a box? And they go to my store and... He's like, no, I can't order this stuff. Every time I order it, they kick it back and say, oh, it's not available or oh, can't get it. And and we're fortunate in that, like, this area, we have enough people and players built over the course of years that we can get somebody a team, right? If they really like a team, you or I are able to say, hey, I've got this extra set of whatever. They're already painted I'll give them to you for this price and we give somebody a good deal, but that undermines our local shop by doing well, it. Undermine and we don't want like, to how do are that. they going to stay in business when all these new players are buying secondhand models? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that undermines it. Um, another it thing that I, because I've heard from several people that those new resin models are like amazing and I would love to get my hands on them, but I can't. So, I don't like resin, but whatever. Um, so two other things I, that I just wanted to like. These ones are actually like more fun, um, but I, I just kind of want to like have a little bit of a bitch fest. Um, sure. That's why people come. Where here. the fuck is where the fuck is like more fluff? Like, can we please yeah. get some more lore and story, please? Yeah, really, since the brewers got, you know, curb stomped, you know, like American History X, just we haven't. Wow. Uh, Way to get dark. <laughs> we, ha- we haven't gotten a lot of fluff there. So I don't know if Sherwin's working on stuff or, you know, maybe they're. I'm sure I'm sure on- he is. Well, they, I mean, I think I also <laughs> they're focused more on like the God tier stuff. Like God tier is kind sure. of blown up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which- I, I- so let me give listeners like a tip for those that really like the steam forge, uh, the guild ball specific lore. Um, I actually read a book recently that was like kind of grim, dark esque that I could recommend to you. If you're just kind of looking for that kind of stuff. Um, there's a great book called the lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. Yeah. That is about like, it's a grim dark world and it's about a guy that's a con man, but like the characters in it feel like they could be things straight out of straight out of like guild ball. Do they have bill the butcher? Um, well the number one, the main guy Locke Lamora, he's like this con man and he's got like a partner in crime. That's kind of like this, you know, uh, heavy set, you know, uh, chubby kid, but he's like this badass fighter, and I believe he, he, I believe his like weapons of choice are like these two axes. <laughs> so like, it totally harkens to like characters like Ox and all that. Um, but then there's also like this guy that is a a mage of some sort, and he 
has like this falcon so like there's characters that like could be in the falconers right like it was amazing how when i when i read the book i was just like this feels like that world and so for those people that are craving lore like that and there are people that they just are really into it um i would totally recommend the lies of lachlan Mora by scott lynch oh cool so, so there's got another. A, we got a lot of the questions answered, and I think it's time that we do ourselves a giveaway. Wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing that I want to bitch about. Oh, Christ. <laughs> but again, this is a kind of a fun one. Have you seen the new box for The Order? Yes, I have. <laughs> Am I the only one that thought... Why the fuck are you covering up Brisket's face in one of those masks? Because she's going hardcore, man. I I guess, but I I kind of feel like if it's your captain player, that's the player to not put the mask on. Well, I and I think it's kind of it's interesting because I think they just did it because I think they wanted to make the I don't know. Like I feel like if it they It makes were gonna, her not Brisket. Well, and the thing is, though, like if they were going to put a mask on her, I think they maybe you add a hood or something to that because it looks weird that her hair is the same and they just put a mask on. Yeah. Like, I, I just think it looks kind of weird. But I enjoy the, the mi- mask. The mask on her it looks weird. The mask on Miss looks great. Yes. I, I love what they did to mask or to Miss. Sorry. And then I don't think the armor and then he has the mask just over the lower part of the face and it looks really cool. Yeah. The, the mist model looks like a great upgrade. Um, I don't think that they did anything with Harry and like a mask or anything like that, but yeah, like that, the, the brisket one, I'm like the choice of them adding that mask on. That's just weird. Yeah. Like I, I would almost rather them keep her face and, have her in like some sort of a hood with like the hair coming out of the hood. Yeah, Cause maybe. like the, the mask element to me isn't as important as the hood elements and making them like assassin's creed. Yeah. But you know, that's just my two cents. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. It's just, and I, I, like I said, I think it would look better with the mask if the hair wasn't kind of out and doing like it's normal thing. Cause literally it just looks like they just added the mask. Like it's the same model just with a mask. Yeah. Or maybe like give her like some of the ornate armor or. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I, I mean, even like the, the spigot model for the order, the um, season spigot, like yeah. they added like the hood and that looks better. So, I don't know. I just thought some weird choices, and I don't want weird choices with, like, the captain of the team. Like, the captain of the team is the model that has to be, like, on point, in my opinion. I kind of feel like playing order just to really kind of, like, make some of our newer players just be like, holy crap, what is going on? <laughs> dude, order's so much fun. Oh, I, I, dude, I'm happy to do that for any of the newer players if they want, because I really enjoy playing the order. All right, so now going to the giveaway. <laughs> so we are going to. So I have in my in my room. I'm been getting ready to move to this new house in a couple months, and I just was like, "Hey, I have this kickoff, you know, box team painted up." And I was like, "We were talking about building a new meta and building up your group." 
and having demo teams are important. And since I already have those models like in the full guild anyways, I was like, I don't need the kickoff, you know, 12 anymore. So basically what I'm going to do is I have them painted, they're ready to go, and they're great for demoing. So what we're going to do is we're going to give away the kickoff painted team. So that's the six for the Masons and six for the Brewers. We're going to give them away. And all you have to do is a couple couple things. So first off, you either have to tag us on Twitter or you have to share it with our Facebook page. And what you're going to do is basically just tag us on Twitter or, like I said, post it on our Facebook page. But what you want to do is you're going to just send us a picture of your just your meta your your group in action so it could be you know two or three games being played it could be you know sharing some beers with some people at you know your club but just a meta shot of you know just you trying to build the meta up and having fun with a bunch of people playing guild ball and yeah just tag us and and send it to us and we're gonna pick so so what doesn't count here (laughs) is one lone guy in Asheville playing games by himself in his Miami Dolphins man cave. Correct. And counting that as like a meta. Like you have to actually show us your meta and your, you know, there with you. (laughs) Even, even if it's just two of you, even if it's two of you just holding down the fort, like that counts. But um, the other thing that I, that I want to add to this is so a picture of your meta, but then included in, in that we want like a, Something that you do to try to build your meta, right? Like something that you think is a great way to get people in. Maybe into something unique. Yeah, something unique. Um, it, even if it's not super unique, like just something that – an effort that you're making to try to uh, get people into the game that might be a tip that helps other people, right? And then that yep. way like the people that are applying to the contest are also getting new ideas on how to build their metas too. Right. The yep. whole point of this Gilver way is we want to make Gilball meta stronger. Uh, we want you to have this set of kickoff models so you can demo. Um, and we want to know that you're putting it toward, you know, building up a building up a meta in whatever area. And so um, we'll definitely be looking for those. And we want, you know, metas to be strong around the country. And we're going to contribute to making that happen. Yeah, because I mean despite you know the bitches we have about some of the stuff going on with Steamforge, we love the game we love the company and we want it to be successful and no matter where this game ends up going it's still a game that i'm gonna always play just because it's a blast so you want to keep the group going growing it and that's the point of this uh this giveaway so like i said hit us up on twitter if you don't know what that is you can Catch us at rage underscore quit underscore wire. And then our Facebook page is just rage quit wire. Yep. So hit us up, share with us what you guys got. And yeah, we're excited to see what, what everybody's doing. And Chris said around the country, but I'm going to say around the globe. Oh man. Representing those global things. That's right. Cause you know, <laughs> I actually like, like talking to a lot of our global friends just because some of them do some really kind of unique things in their metas. So it's actually they pretty do. cool. I agree with that. Yeah. Like I think having I, I the, the idea of having a gaming club is pretty cool. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a, 
that's a great idea. Our gaming club is just your house, Pete. I know. Especially when I get this so. new house, I'm going to have a, a room just dedicated to nerd. <laughs> okay, well, that, that sounds good. All right, good. Chris. We've been going for a while now. Go ahead and sign us off. All right. Well, enter our drawing. I hope we, you had a fun time with us today. Till next time, roll dice, throw salt. We're out. Peace. Peace.